On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this fine Wednesday night. Hey, and thanks to Finey. Fantastic show as always. Grand final week uh, for, for Finey, of course, and everyone here at SEN. It's always exciting and good on Zanners and Poltz as well, just before the Diegos and uh, Vinny Venezuela. Welcome to you. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Hello, listeners. Great to be here. G'day, Carlos. How are you, Vinny? Uh, you've introduced me instead of Rodrigo. You threw me completely. I like it. I like it. But good <laughs> evening to you, Rodrigo. Yeah. Good evening to you, Vinny Venezuela, and hello, listeners, too. Yeah, no Warren tonight. He, um, I'm so happy. Do you hear that joy in my voice? I know. You're very up. You're up and about today. People, people actually, you know, they talk about having happiness in one's voice. Embedded. Mm. And mm. Uh, <laughs> there's joy and happiness and bliss in my voice because Warren's not in. Perhaps in Tassie. No probe tonight? <laughs> no, I think he's having a probe. It's actually worse. He's having a probe in Tassie. Is he really? Jeez. Yeah. Well, um, oh, we'll miss Warren, yeah. of course. He, he did offer yep. to, for us to call him tonight. I said, nah, no, yes. So no need for you tonight, mate. We are. We, we're, we're playing in honour of Ange's back three. We're a back three today. We're absolutely. We back three. We're dynamic. There's a bit of civ defence about our back three. <laughs> yeah, we'll there's be there's tonight. some gaps here, Vinny. <laughs> we've actually, got we should Carl take a in photo because we're not really tight. Because you're <laughs> over there, I'm. You know, it doesn't make for good radio. But there's a lot of gaps and holes uh, and distance between us. Mm. But uh, but we're right. We Im- can do it. Imagine football being played on the MCG, soccer football, of course. <laughs> it's a bit like that tonight. Isn't yeah, it? We're, we're, it's a big yeah. ground tonight yeah. here in the studio, yeah. and we're kind of. Um, a bit too far apart. But yeah. anyway, we've got a big show tonight. Uh, Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. Talk everything about the English Premier League, of course. We'll take your text messages mm. on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Okay, we normally say it uh, when we've got three Diegos in the house. Yeah. You be the fourth Diego tonight, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call about anything. Yeah. EPL, uh, the fact that the Socceroos um, World Cup qualifiers are happening very, very soon. That Sam Kerr was snubbed yeah, what do you think by about FIFA? That? What do you think about that? She should have been in the top three uh, blondeurs. Is it blondeurs for girls? It's oh, sorry, for women, sorry. <laughs> for the women. For <laughs> the women. For the Before ladies. you start sending texts and ringing up, <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm sorry for saying girls, women. Well, it's FIFA best player, I think, Carlos. Yeah, that's it's true. It is, that's yes. exactly right. <laughs> but um, I don't know what it is, Carlos, but yeah, yeah, Ballon d'Or. Actually, give us a ring and tell us. Yes. Because, you know, I'm a bit slow on the Google tonight. I'll just let our research department out there, the many hundreds of thousands of people who are oh, listening to us right now. At least. And you, if you're lying in bed, reach over to your iPad, go and get your laptop, Google the women's FIFA <laughs> yep. Ballon d'Or. What's it called? Can I ask, speaking of the Ballon d'Or, hey, uh, do you think Zlats will be, Zlats man with t- man who can, mm. will ever be awarded one in, in honour of, of all the good work he's done? Like an honorary one, because he won't yeah. get one for anything he's achieved because he's not been yep. in a winning club. I thought you were going to say posthumous, posthumously. No, no, he's, he's still with us. Yeah, yeah, he's, no, he's no, hammy. But, but post what? What would you. Well, what? I don't know if he's up for winning one. I think he should win one. When I think of great. I yeah. saw his yacht today. My, my, <laughs> I'm getting Vinny Venezuela is getting some work done at, at the at the at the house, and uh, <laughs> my renderer pulls out a photo 
when he was in Europe. He goes, oh, this is uh, Ibra's yacht. We were in Europe and uh, it was docking and, and Ibra was on it. And yep. uh, He's done well. The game's been good to his lats. Can I just yep. say that? Well, radio's been good to Vinny. He's got a yep. renderer. Vinny's got a renderer. Well, he's got a four-story house. He's got to get. Yes, he, he has people. He has about three workmen die on his thing, falling off scaffolding and stuff. Steady, no, 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 no. Oh, we won't say. No, that. no. But uh, we're sticking to apparently the with Slats. Uh, yeah, Slats yacht. You know that that image of uh, what Kate Winslet at uh, in the on the Titanic. Oh yes, up on the corner with the arms spread out. Yep. With the wind in the hair. With Leo apparently, DiCaprio. Yeah, apparently he's up there all the time doing that. <laughs> up on the top of his boat, the he's front got, bit. He's got a little What slide. is the front bit of it? The, the starboard? Yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's front the front bit. of the boat. <laughs> Point, pointy bit. Yeah. He's got, he had a little slide coming off the side, so it's fantastic. Yeah, he yeah. Had it all. He's uh, got it to all answer right. your point before, Vinny, there's no way. that. Look, he, it he, upsets me, Carlos. Unfortunately, he came through at a time... Where some of the greatest ever players all played at the same time. I mean, your Messi's and your Ronaldo's. I mean, Ronaldo's insatiable. I mean, we talk about uh, you know a decline of Ronaldo. I don't think he'll ever decline. He's so proud of that six pack. He's so proud of that goal celebration. He looks stronger and fitter than ever before. Scored another two goals this week, uh, this morning. Uh, and by the way, Gareth Bales is a rip snorter too. But he's just a goal machine. He's insatiable. Uh, he lives to play football, and there's nothing else that's important to him, and he plays like that too. And I love that everyone understands you don't touch the hair in a goal. When I score, you don't touch <laughs> the true. hair. That's you true. Don't touch so, hair. But so Slats come, has come through in this era where, you know, I, I think it's consistency. I think it's the fact that you've got to toe the line, even though Cristiano doesn't really toe the line that much, but Messi does. He's, He's been not, hard to handle, hasn't he, Carlos? He has. He's a bit of a problem child every now and again, but he is a wonderful player. But he'll win you things. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I, I ran into – I don't want to drop names. but no, uh, why not, Carlos? You I will, I will drop names. Years. I ran into Joey Didlitzer. Oh, God, well, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good, good name. Good name. Played for Croatia yep. and, uh, and also fantastic Melbourne Knights player and great Australian who happened not to play for Australia. Uh, ran into him one day and we were just talking just recently and he was talking about his career and stuff and he was at Ajax when Slatan Ibrahimovic was at Ajax. And that's when he really burst onto the scene. And I said, what sort of a guy is he? You see sort of this arrogance about him, uh, this uh, real confidence. He goes, he is the funniest, most likable guy in the change room. And you can probably see that in little snippets, little snippets here yeah, yeah. and there on the, on the web. But uh, look, what you see is probably not what you get in the change room at all. I saw there was a snippet on the internet where a, 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 a Manchester United <laughs> player kicked him yeah. and then he chased him out yeah. the door. That <laughs> was pretty right. funny. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah. Anyway, and there was another player being uh, interviewed. You know, an after-game interview in the press conference or something like that, and he went up to him and did a roundhouse kick yeah. to his head. Just so just flicked his head yeah. and walked on. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. there's one. There's also one of him at training at, at when he was at AC Milan, I think, where he, if you type in lights plus roundhouse kick, <laughs> it's him having a having a good time with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What are your thoughts on Zlats? Give us a call, 9429-1116. Man who can. And should you award him a, a Ballon d'Or post-something? Post-something. Post-something? Absolutely. Post-yacht. A, po- yeah. a posthumous <laughs> no. Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Shane Warren's uh, not around. Keeps Carlos honest. That's Dan on the road. Thank you very much there, Dan. That's not true, Dan. I won't respond to that. <laughs> Hey, Dean and Crew Point, it's a disgrace Sam Kerr was overlooked. Wouldn't yeah. happen to be uh, Brazilians voting. She's too good for them anyway. That's Dean and Crew Point. She's 23, yep. a gold machine. She's got plenty of years to win that award plus World Cups. That's what we've got to look forward to. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't get too down hard to Sam because uh, that was a poor, poor decision. It's great to see some of the great American footballers tweet out how 
uh, unjust, unjust that was. Mm. And, uh, and so there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way we do on that one. Did she, um, is, is it the problem, is the problem that she faces because she's just on fire now? Now, the problem she faces is she's Australian and we don't have any political pull. And if we whinge, there's only 24 million of us that whinge. And, uh, if a Brazilian doesn't get, you know, certainly, you know, they, they'll shake the, the cage of FIFA because they've got, what, 200 million over there and they're, they're what you call a football country or a, a, you know they've got a football culture there and we supposedly don't mm, which knows. uh yeah that's the thing we don't have the political pull we don't have any power in that in those corridors Vinny. and i think uh, they can do that to us and because uh, it makes no sense at all she's a she scored more goals i think she's top scorer in the american league which is a top league in the in the in the world at the moment she's playing and scoring against some of the best defenders uh, she scored in that uh, tournament of uh, champions, uh, US, Brazil, and play. Japan. Um, she's continuing to score now. Uh, really, she's a freak. She's the best player in the world if she's not voted in the top three. Carlos, do you think that uh, we need to push for there being a national holiday for when the FFA Cup final's on? And that way we can take that to FIFA <laughs> yeah. and say the sport matters. Yeah. Do you think we'd ever get to a stage where we'd have a holiday on FFA Cup final eve? <laughs> I think we... Actually, men can dream, like can't they, Rodrigo? <laughs> we've got one on Friday. I'll tell you what, That's do you right. think we'll ever get to the day where we'll have a football marathon? The, so uh, not before, the 24-hour football marathon, not before our grand final. I reckon yeah, that's I reckon, happening yeah. very, very soon, Carlos, yes. just quietly. Yes, but that's um, true. Yeah, absolutely true. Yes, uh, good evening, Diego's Times 3. Only a week away from the A-League kickoff, and it's great to see the FFA are sitting on their hands <laughs> once again, invisible in the sporting media this week. Another reason for FFA change, get rid of them now, that's Tom in Greenvale. Tom, very controversial, but uh, very pointed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for, uh, really, FFA, uh, look, I know uh, they're... Reasoning is because it's all it's grand final week uh, in NRL too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, NRL. Yeah, I'm not interested. Melbourne in, Storm are in the grand final. Yeah, okay. I'm not really. With all due respect, with all due, due disrespect. disrespect. <laughs> to, but I'm not really following that. Uh, AFL. I've, it's sort of you know obviously you know AFL. Yeah, we're here and, and and the Cinderella story if you like, the doggies last year, Richmond. This. So I understand why the FFA don't want to spend any marketing dollars this week. Because it just get, it'll just get completely overshadowed by the AFL. But if they don't start on the Sunday or on the Monday, really, really spending some marketing dollars, someone needs to be sacked at the FFA. But really, he, but but he's right. I think Tom. Ingr- I mean, he's right. Even though I know I agree with what you're saying from a marketing and business perspective, but the the time the date of the start of the A League season is kind of wrong. I mean. Should the A-League season have already started by now and the, and the season, we're into the season proper now, even though it's grand final time, but surely there's a window of opportunity during the AFL and the NRL seasons to really mm. have a crack, you know, have a crack and, you know, maybe maybe late August or early September. I, look, I don't know. Well, I mean, you, you wouldn't have started, you wouldn't start it this week, put no, it that way. No, of course, this week's. Yeah, this so week's you, you would have, if you're going to start it, before the end of the AFL season, you start it three or four weeks before. Mm. And you make sure this weekend... I'll tell you, this weekend should have been an international week, which it is. Yeah. So yeah. That, what they should have done is started three or four weeks uh, back and leave this weekend free as an international week, because it is an international week. And that would have been beautiful. Actually, In fact, FFA, why haven't you rung me to talk <laughs> about this? Because the clubs <laughs> want the international break. FFA is saying, no, we don't want to lengthen the season because we're going to go into the AFL. 
but you could have avoided all that by having your international break during the AFL and the NR Grand Final. That would have been brilliant stuff. Look, we've had the Matildas, we've had some World Cup qualifiers, we've had the FFA Cup. You know, we've had we've had some football, but it just just feels a bit sporadic at the moment. So, yeah. But anyway, we're looking forward to the A League season. Can't wait for it. Actually, it should be fantastic. Mm. See how the teams shape up. Um, we'll have a better look at that, of course, uh, next week. Um, so, thanks for your email or your text message there, Tom in Greenvale zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Good day, Marie, and good to hear from you. Ronaldo is hot. <laughs> very, very skilled. We know you love Ronaldo yes. and determined to shut the critics and haters up. Yeah. He, I've got to say, he, he does shut everyone up. Mm. You know, it's the gelled hair or whatever, <laughs> the arrogance. So I don't know what it is. He's not as loved as Messi, but I love the way he keeps on delivering. Even though people are wanting him to fail, he just keeps on delivering. I just love it when they say they're going to do something and they do it. I mean, it's incredible. You know, he scored 112 goals in his career in Champions League only. Yeah, he's a Cha- and he's more than the goal a game. For Real Madrid, I think he's up near the four, uh, look. I could be wrong, but around the four hundred mark in goal. Oh, really? Mm. There are people who would just treasure scoring one goal at senior level anywhere. This guy scores it at the top top level against the best best players who want to stop him every week, and he still keep on scoring. Messi's the same. Unbelievable. Uh, this is on the back of our conversation last week, but I was yet again speaking with my renderer about all things <laughs> football. Very interesting In fact, he renderer. wasn't doing much rendering, <laughs> which is a bit of a concern because I'm paying him by the hour. Yeah, he's um, a smart renderer. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to get me distracted. Yeah. <laughs> the likes of Messi and, and, and uh, CR7, Carlos, they're freaks of nature. Like, yeah. you, no, no system can produce a Messi or a Ronaldo. True. They're just born. So the You're quest- born great. So, Vinny, my follow-up question to that is... Why haven't we produced one? If a system doesn't develop these people, why haven't Australia, who per capita have had more world champions uh, across world sport than any other country per capita, why haven't we produced one? The, the closest we've ever come to is a Harry Kuehl, who, if you measure him against all the great players in the world, he was a very, very good player. Yeah, but but uh, the point is that no system can produce them. I don't think. I don't think. Well, maybe Messi is a bit of a product of of Barcelona, the Cantera, whatever it's called. But um, he was already freak, freakishly good going into it. Yeah. I I guess the question is, do you need a system to get the greatness? No. It, 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 look, it's this in eight. It's mm. the, it's the vibe. <laughs> it's that vibe. It, look, it's a culture of the country, obviously. Uh, you talk about why are Argentinians produce a Messi and a Maradona in our lifetime, for example. Uh, Pelé in the in Brazil, uh, plus all the other great players. You, you don't buy into the argument that um, here in Australia we've got a number of football codes, that ball sports, yep. that, that, you know, obviously from a grassroots and from a school level um, – Occupy the minds and the and the time of young young boys and, yeah, and look, girls. Uh, um, look in Brazil, there's no other sport that no. matches football. So you're going to find, you're yeah, find. all the best are going to be there. But the question about whether our top AFL players would suddenly, if they had adopted the round ball game at a young age and stuck with it, that suddenly a Buddy Franklin or a, I don't know, who's a, a Dustin Martin, where they would have become great footballers that could win us a World Cup. I don't know. I don't think it, it's the athleticism. I mean. Are our footballers any less athletic than a AFL? You know, by way of not talking about the the three sixty type athleticism that the AFL players have got, but are they any less athletic 
I don't think so. Their measurements uh, from a sports science point of view are as good as any other sport, any other person around the world. Are they any other sublimely talented? Who knows? I mean, really. I mean, will they be able to dribble, you know, pass defences and score cracking goals? Uh, uh, Buddy Franklin, if he grew up playing football, I don't know. Well, I think it's generational. I think given, given the participation at a young level now and for both boys and girls, I think we will find these gems Eventually, you know, we found we found a couple, but not like Messi and Ronaldo, no, of no. course. But you know, what what I'm talking about is the more we put into these kids at a, at a young level, and the more we keep them in the sport, I think I think we will find we will find. I them. think Ro- Rodrigo. I think we've missed the boat already. Yeah, I don't. No. Think, I don't think because <laughs> in our lifetime, no. Maybe. I think I think no. I think we've. You know, I'll tell you why we missed the boat because Paul O'Con. We've interviewed Paul Oak and he's talked about this. He has. Right? He gave when us he a good grew lesson, up, actually. When he grew up, there was nothing else to do other mm. than get a soccer ball and go out to the park and play with your mates for hours upon hours of power. And your parents have to drag you back in at night because you have to come and have dinner and go to bed. Uh, these days, uh, he has to have rules for his kids not to play on their iPad, not to play on their computer games um, before they go out and play outside. I mean, it's a different world. Mm. And, I don't, I, and I believe because of that, We've missed the boat. I can't see us developing a messy because, our, in fact, our culture in football, I think, um, has been messed up a little bit by this technological age. That's mm. that's my view. No, anyway, I reckon I, I'm I'm more hopeful. I yeah. think if we get them early enough and 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 basically get the right coaching into them, we can find a player. Would like Sam that. Kerr be a player who could be could be that in the in the sense that she's grown up within the system? In the 21st century with technology and yet has ploughed yeah. on and is going to be top of her game. She comes but, from a sporting family. Yeah. You know, oh, she absolutely. She seems to yeah. have that DNA. Yeah. Look, I, I think with Sam Kerr, it's, it's more about she's just a really positive, aggressive, uh, you know, go at people type footballer. Attitudes. Yeah. It's not, it's not like she's got the... It's not like she's got the sublime skills with ball at her feet where she dribbles four or five people, then you know slots one past the keeper. She's not that sort of player, but she's dynamic. She's she's got an eye for goal and loves and, and the pace and the power, uh, aggression, and that, that mix with her obvious talent is enough to get her where she is in football. But that's not the sort of player I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of that. The sublimely skilled Messi mm. or Ronaldo, people who can with when was the last player that we had who can go at a world class defender and dribble that person and maybe take on the second one? We don't. Harry Kuehl was probably the one, mm. and That's there's there's, there's not many others. And I'm sure our listeners would uh, send in some names, but there's not many others who had a lot of um, you know who who grabbed the ball, turn around, face the defender, and went at him and and then beat them. We've had a lot who tried, but uh, only one or two that may have uh, succeeded. But no nation has had that many that that have done it anyway. You know what I mean? Like we've had even uh, we've yeah. had fewer. But I think Brazil's the, uh, probably just yeah. churned them out. But yeah, again, but, but I would think Argentina. I, I think it's Argentina, and I mean, I, I've got, England don't have a lot. Mm. They, uh, you could probably have a handful in the last twenty years. So. Well, at least we're in in that sort of company. Uh, you know, uh, they're probably last week you said they don't care about their national team. Well, they don't really. But uh, but these days you've got Dally Alley and mm. uh, you know Harry Kane scored another hat trick this morning uh, in the Champions League. What's it? Six hat tricks in in twelve months. I mean, that is up there. Yeah, very good player with some of the best players in the world. But 
Yeah, this whole idea of getting the ball at feet and breaking down the fence by taking them on, uh, that's something that I, I just cannot wait for the day that we produce someone like that because that's a difference, you know. That's going to happen, Carlos. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Be positive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we've missed the boat. No, but anyway. no, no. I think yeah. it'll happen. Yeah. I, think technology, yeah. I think technology will help. The other, <laughs> the other thing is my renderer wasn't rendering that we, we discussed. <laughs> Did you give him a beer, by the way? I you should. Made, actually made him a coffee. Oh, yeah. good. He's doing all right. Anyway, we're talking also about just the, 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 the middle-class nature of our, our burgeoning players. You know, no one's got the work ethic, whereas you think of your Craig Johnsons and your Harry Kules who went there. Like Craig Johnson told his parents yeah. he, he's got a he's got a gig playing football and then he got sacked and he didn't tell them that he was sacked yeah. and washing cars for yeah. for weeks on end there you go interesting conversation boys um let's take a break the show tonight is brought to you by Vinny's renderer this is the four <laughs> diegos on 1116 sen melbourne's home of sport on 1116 sen the four diegos Thanks for your company on this Wednesday night here with the Four Diegos. Um, off the text message on 0433981116. Carlos, you know that I know that you know your town hall meetings this week have not allowed the medical science to cure yep. Mille Yedinak's groin. Yep. Big, big loss for the Socceroos. We had not. We had a physio, the, the groin specialist of the world. In our town hall meeting, it was a jamboree actually, a, 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 a groin, a groin jamboree. We all got together, yeah. and we couldn't muster up, you know, enough deep heat well, to be able a, to solve the problem. You're an expert in groin. I know. Given, yeah, you pretty much don't have your. Well, it was a, it was a it was a weekend, <laughs> one of those weekend seminars. I started on the Friday. I gave the the actual seminars on the Friday about my career and my groins. Yeah, and basically, you know, I don't like to talk about it, but I could have been anything. Mm. With oh, good no, groins. I know. But, Couldn't we uh, all, Carlos? I mean, Couldn't we all? You, you've told us often enough that we believe you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's so right. Yeah. it's just fait yeah. accompli. Yeah. Hey, Mike McGrath's coming up very, very soon. But yep. um, speaking of Mila Yednak, he's obviously um, no certainty to return at all for the World Cup qualifiers. And uh, yeah. obviously we're talking about the World Cup qualifiers against Syria. And one's next Thursday, the 5th of October in um, Malacca in Malaysia. Um, and then, of course, we come back to Sydney mm. and uh, take them on on Tuesday the 10th at uh, Stadium Australia, as we're calling it, uh, for the World Cup qualifiers. It's a clean stadium. It's a clean stadium, yeah. Carlos. We you, can't... You just respect everything. You... Well, it's very ABC of me, I know. <laughs> but, um, but I know the, there's um, a lot of FIFA people listening to this show and, uh, you know, the Asian... Confederation would have uh, frowned upon the fact, you know, maybe if I call it ANZ yep. Stadium. Anyway, so what do you think about uh, what's coming up? Is Ange, what is, ha- I mean, how do you feel about these games? We talked a bit about them last week. I'm a little bit nervous, but I, I think I think we'll account for Syria in the end fairly comfortably. What do you think, guys? Yeah, look, uh, we have to do, we, we've got no choice but to account for them if we want to go to World Cup. So, job. Uh, Ange's job's on the line as much as, it, not his job, his reputation's on the line, so he's got to make the, the dream happen as well. So I think we will do it. It's, it's, we're, we're going to be sweating in the process, but uh, <laughs> we, we'll get there. I just don't want to spend any time expending any energy on this. Because I'll tell you well, why. Because be calm, be calm. No, yeah, I am being calm. That's why I'm not expending any energy on, on no, no. wondering or worrying or being anxious or anything like that because we've had a number of points through the qualifying campaign where they all must win and we either drew or didn't get the result we wanted, right? So we had a number of those. All I'm hearing again out of the camp is, this is do or die, we can do it, all this sort of stuff. Is that out of the camp, or is that 
from the media. Oh, from no, no, I'm reading you between the lines with okay. Ange too. I mean, you see, I'm just, we're going to have a crack. We, we can, which is great, fantastic. But let, I, I'm going to wait to see, really, because that it has been disappointing. Not necessarily by way of results. We lost one game in the qualifying campaign, and uh, in the end. One extra point in in four or five of the draws we had would have been enough to get us through directly. So I'm not gonna, I'm not saying we're rubbish or anything like that, but I I don't really want to even speculate about you know how we're gonna go. I just want to see that first game away from home. How are we gonna go? We'll get a good, we'll get a good indication about what happens to us beyond that from that game. I reckon so. It's gonna be very interesting. Um, obviously, Aziz Bayic is is in this. Um yeah. In the squad, so it's an interesting and interesting that he's in that in in there, and um, well, it's good that he's in there, and, and he probably will start this time. Well, I wasn't impressed with Brad Smith, and he's not been great. And Alex Gersbach's been well. Dropped. He's a I fa- liked yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was great. Game. I thought he was terrific against Thailand, and and says he hadn't played enough games for his club, and but. I think the caveat there was he was coming back from an injury too. He didn't want to stretch the young kid that way. Whereas Brad Smith hasn't been playing for two years almost, mm. or one and a half years at Bournemouth. And uh, and I think, you know, if there was other comp- more competition for that left side, I think Brad Smith would have been in trouble. For example, if Jason Davidson was playing regularly, there might have been another option. But as is Bayich, I've got to say, from a bloke who seemed to be sort of almost out of contention for the Socceroo uh, position has done really well to mm. get back in there, and I think he'll end up probably starting. Craig Goodwin, another is, one is who's apparently playing really, really well for Sparta Rotterdam in Holland at the moment. Played in the first six games of the season, uh, scored a couple of goals, and just really looks apart. And I and I really hope he continues to improve because I was one of those idiots who said a couple of years ago he reminded me of Gareth Bale, <laughs> the way he played <laughs> his football. Right? And of course, I got ripped apart. Uh, but he's showing a little bit, no any Gareth Bale level yet. Real Madrid aren't knocking on his door yet. Uh, but he's playing some good football over there, which is good. That would be on his CV, his little re- on his highlights package. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos says. Yeah, yeah, as good as Bale. Yeah, that, it reminds me of a young Gareth Bale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gareth Bale, yeah. Interesting stuff. So can't wait. So we're going to take it. Uh, we're going to be very relaxed about this. Um, as I said, uh, <laughs> the World Cup qualifiers. We have to, we have to get through Syria. And then um, we've got another... Another engagement as well um, with the CONCACAF team, actually, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah it's CONCACAF. Yeah. So Syria, um, we take on Syria in Malaysia yep. on the 5th of October and then Syria here in Sydney on the 10th of October. Can't wait. Always love the Socceroos games. Hey, just off the text uh, message here, Ange looked a little nervous at the press conference today. Is Carlos's love child, Kevin Musket, getting ready to take the reins of the Socceroos job this time again in Greenvale? Thank you very much. Yeah, look, uh, I don't think that's even in the conversation yet. And just because, Ange, because there was some talk about Kevin Musket being in the camp as a support coach last time around, I think in the Thailand games or maybe before that in Japan. And people suggesting that meant he was going to be taking over for Ange. But I don't think it's Ange's decision who's going to be the next coach. Mm. In fact, there's a lot of talk that it might be a foreigner. That people aren't, the FFA aren't thinking that, uh, that anyone in Australia is ready for that job yet. Absolutely. Hey, um, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the Socceroos a little bit later on. But now it's time to cross to the UK and catch up with our man on the ground there. It's Mike McGrath. Mike, welcome to the show. 
Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, no worries. Thanks for having uh, us tonight in, in your day, in your the start of your day. Mike's, of course, from the sun.co.uk and obviously the Sun newspaper. Um, Vinny Venezuela is here with me, Mike Rodrigo, of course, and uh, Carlos is in the chair as well. Mike, Harry Kane just keeps on scoring in all forms, but he scored a hat-trick against Apoel Nicosia in the Champions League. How good is this bloke? Yeah, he's, uh, it was the perfect hat-trick, which um, uh, left foot, right foot and header. Um, and that he's, he was compared afterwards by his manager to um, uh, to Cristiano Ronaldo, who's obviously scoring as many goals, and he's, um, he's a little bit younger as well. So, I mean, pretty, um, you know, esteemed company to be compared to. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, like you say, scoring all sorts of goals, and they're real kind of strikers finishes as well. I don't think he goes for kind of what me or you might call spectacular goals, which going in off the bar or whatever, or going top corner. But if they're these clinical, uh, world-class striker finishes, which are just hitting right, getting right into the corner of the net, where just where keepers can't get them, and he's doing it, doing it very regularly. Mike, it's Carlos. For the good of the English national team and your chances to ever win a World Cup, wouldn't it be better for someone like Harry Kane to leave Tottenham, leave England altogether, and join a club like Real Madrid or Barcelona, score for fun there, learn how to play with the top players in the world, uh, with the most extravagant systems and you know the arrogance that goes with that, and come back and play for England and go and win a World Cup? Wouldn't that be better for the game in England that he does something like that? Look, yeah, I don't think it's just Harry Kane who has got this. You know, every every single player in the in England squad at the moment is playing for a Premier League team. You know, we don't export as well as we should. The others do, uh, um, and I think that is something that we've really got to work on in this country. I mean, you guys, I'm sure you picked up on it. The a move from uh, Manchester City youth player. Jaden Sancho to Borussia Dortmund. I mean, that's quite a big deal over here, mm. and maybe he might be a, you know, a trailblazer maybe for these players to cross borders and experience other things, experience other football, and probably experience a bit about themselves as well, lifestyle-wise, and trying to look after yourself uh, as a as a young man in a foreign country. Um, because there is an argument over here that the, the guys are quite. Um, kind of, you know, wrapped up in cold, told that we're that we've got the absolute cream of the crop here. But when it comes down to it, might not be as kind of tough and game savvy as as, as our foreign counterparts. Another one too, Mike, I think is in the same mould is Dali Ali. Um, they're talking about Real Madrid. Uh, if they don't get Eden Hazard, uh, we'll try and do a swap deal with Tottenham. And good luck to them with Daniel Levy. He won't let this guy go. But Dele uh, Alli's the one that they, they've identified as that sublimely skilled midfielder who can score goals and who could probably slot into a, a team like a Barcelona and Real Madrid. He's another guy who just seems to be identified as that sort of player too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be inevitable that the big clubs will look at our our top talent, you know, like they did with Michael Owen, um, you know, in, in the previous generation. And, uh, you know, Deli Alley, well, he, he hasn't had a great, he hasn't had a great season so far. He, you know, he set up two goals at the weekend, but overall, I think he's not, uh, he wouldn't be happy with his overall performances this year. 
Um, but this, you know, he's a supreme talent, and I think with Spurs as well, there is the feeling, you know, that Danny Rose highlighted that they're not paid as much as other young talent um, of a similar age. So you're always going to have people sniffing around trying to prize them from Spurs and they're, and testing Spurs whether whether they are actually a selling club or not, like they say they are no longer. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see where these players end up. And but I, I think Deli Alli, if and if you do have the ambitions to be a Ballon d'Or uh, contender, you, you probably are going to have to play for these um, big teams in Spain abroad, you know, and I'm, I, I think Deli Alli might be one a bit like uh, Gareth Bale to move from these shores to Spain. Probably, I, I, I think he might be a better candidate in the short term than Harry Kane, actually. Mike Garvini here, speaking uh, of, of moving shores, Diego Costa, the um, the bad boy of Chelsea, is gone now. He's gone back. He's gone back. To Atletico Madrid, in terms of the guy's legacy, and you know, is, is it was good for the game that he's left the EPL. I mean, he was controversial, but he, he also was, yeah, you know, could play, could play the game. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I'm not really ever a fan of big personalities and um, leaving this, leaving the Premier League because you know the, it's the popularity of this uh, this competition that kind of gives us all a. Are living so um, I and also he is extremely um, newsworthy as well in terms of what he gives to us uh, in the media as well. So I'm extremely disappointed to see him go, but it seemed like the writing was on the wall um, once uh, you know from earlier on in the in the year, and definitely kind of the nail was uh, on the nail nail was in the coffin when Conte um, sent him a text message in the summer. I was going to say, does that mean that the media, the, the the British media, were just stay in contact with Diego via text messaging? <laughs> <laughs> we wish, you know. I wish I had a, <laughs> I wish, I wish I had access to those uh, emails, uh, those uh, text messages as well, because they seem to be pretty exposed, explosive. Um, but look, I, I, I imagine there'll be a few uh, Diego Costa stories, even if. Um, even if he's playing for Atletico rather than Chelsea. Now, Mike, Alvaro Morata, everyone thought, uh, I mean, he's just been a great player, even though he wasn't a regular in that star-studded Real Madrid team, but he was on loan to Juventus and did very well a couple of years ago, and now is at Chelsea, and after all the problems Chelsea had coming into the season, all the talk around them, not recruiting well, this and that, and the suggestion that he may have started a bit slow, uh, he's uh, equal top score, goal scorer in the EPL at the moment, looked fantastic on the weekend with a hat-trick. Uh, is he going to be a real star this year for them? Yeah, it seems that way. A, lo- a lovely quote from An- Antonio Conte as well, saying, you know, he's the he's the type of person that you'd want your your daughter to bring home as a boyfriend. <laughs> he's got that angelic <laughs> look about him that kind of couldn't be further away from Diego Costa, but um, he's certainly they got the same potency, and he's um, he's scoring. I, I thought he was uh, what surprised me at the start was how good he was in the air. He scored um, well with some headers. Uh, he missed a sitter with his head against Spurs. But apart from that, did very well with his head. And I think at the weekend, scoring his hat trick, he kind of saw the other side of his game as well, where he's an extremely good finisher um, with the ball at his feet and maybe got that quickness 
over a couple of yards that we didn't think that he had. I don't think he's the absolute, you know, the speediest striker that you will see, but it seems like he's getting himself into some, um, some very good positions. Mike, uh, Vinny again, uh, in terms of rumours, can you clarify this one? Because, uh, you know, you're on top of the fake news and real news stuff. Paolo Dybala to Man United. The, the, there's talk of uh, a swoop <laughs> of historic proportions. <laughs> Any truth to that? It's, it's early. It's it's really early, obviously. I think this story in the paper, Sunday People ran it, which, um, and it looks towards the summer rather than January. Um, and... I think with uh, Paolo Dybala, you've got a player who, if you are a you know a multinational team like Manchester United, and you're not aware of his talent, then you're not doing your job right. I mean, they, they obviously are aware of him. Um, I think putting packages together, um, you know, 100 million plus, that's the real challenge, and whether United can put um, can put something together that Juventus would. Uh, find acceptable and then in the last couple of days then we've also had a few murmurings that Griezmann might be back on the radar as well mm. um, for them so it's look, I, I, I definitely wouldn't call it fake news but um, there's a long way to go before these deals get done and, and a lot of negotiations and and probably a window as well where United don't get a big massive player before they, they then get their next um, stellar name Mike, it's not uh, quite EPL, but uh, it's just across the channel anyway. PSG, the drama there between Cavani, uh, Edson Cavani, the Uruguayan, uh, and uh, Neymar, the the world record, um, you know, transfer fee new star who's come in and no one really can tell him what to do. Uh, Cavani went to take a penalty the other week, and Neymar came up to him and, and basically said, "I want to take it," and, and there was a bit of a spat between them. It carried on in the change rooms. Uh, it, it carried on at the team dinner, you know, afterwards. And apparently the story is that uh, just to appease Cavani, they've said, we'll give you a one million <laughs> pound bonus if you let Neymar take the penalty. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's getting... Uh, is, is this all true or just paper talk? And what does this mean? Will this derail everything that PSG is trying to do uh, by way of winning things uh, with this spat between these two? Well, I think it's it's clear that there was a, there was an argument on the pitch, and then Danny Alves stepped in, uh, tried to uh, try to appease things. And but I just find it fascinating that you've got um, PSG who are trying to set up almost like uh, perfection in their team with um, with Neymar and, and Cavani playing together, and that they've got these huge names. And really, that is great on paper, but they have to get on on the pitch as well, which the, which obviously they haven't. Um, I think it's pretty ugly in terms of their image, um, and that will damage them as well. And I feel a bit for Cavani as well, because he's kind of they stuck him out on the wing. You know, whenever I saw them in the Champions League, that last man up front, the big number nine, and that really is Cavani's best position. But he kind of selflessly played on the wing. Um, and then kind of his moment uh, in the limelight when Zlatan's gone and he's really been overshadowed by Neymar. So I think you can kind of, maybe that frustration's building up. 
Uh, I'm sure there'll be a few clubs over here in England that'd be you know, more than happy to take him if um, if he is unhappy. The kind of stuff happens between Carlos and uh, <laughs> Warren in the studio all the time, yeah, Mike. Yeah. All the time, we have to. You know, Warren's geek been given a million dollars to stay away from the show tonight. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Mike. Um, thanks for your time. Obviously, you're not on uh, Champions League duty. Uh, uh, Chelsea take on Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and uh, Man United are off to CSKA Moscow. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Europa duty. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... You got demoted, are you there, Mike? <laughs> What's going sound, on at the sun? It doesn't happy. You know, they've got a big game at the weekend, which ha- um, so we're going to see what they say ahead of that one. Um, and, yeah, the travelling starts for pretty soon to get to um, uh, Bate, Bate Borisov in, in Belarus. So um, I'll be checking off soon. Well, enjoy it, mate. Hey, thanks for your time as always, Mike, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK, thesun.co.uk. Did Mike just say he was going to Belarus to cover a game? Well, He's never coming back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we will never see it's him again. He does. It's <laughs> he does. Hey, we need to take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Thanks for your company here on the four Diego's on a Wednesday night. Um, interesting stuff going on. The text messages here. Um, Daniel Arzani gets a mention from Melbourne City and Young Socceroos. Is very skillful attacking mid- midfielder very good from player. Cliff. Very good player. Hey, um, question to the Diego's: Who's the better team, current Socceroos squad or the best fourteen players in the A League? That's Tony in Melbourne. Haven't got much time to talk about that, but that's an interesting question. The you'd yeah. think the Socceroos. What the All Star? Look, the fact that the Socceroos played together, I think that'll make them a better team, mm. an All Star A League team. You'd probably get some decent players in Diego Castro. You'd have. Um, but uh, Fauna Riley uh, and they so yeah, we, we, so, but but they wouldn't necessarily gel. So if you're talking mm. about playing against each other and winning games, I'd still go with the Socceroos. G'day, Diego's. Is uh, a quiz a joke actually? What's the difference between <laughs> Liverpool and a tea bag? A tea bag spends longer in the cup. There's uh, Wayne of <laughs> Huntingdale. There you go. Good hey, stuff. Um, Heather Garrier, the uh, former Matilda star and now um, coach of Canberra United in the yeah. W League, has come out uh, pretty forcefully and taken a very hard-line stance on dual sport athletes. There's yeah. athletes that you know want to have their cake and eat it too, playing uh, football, maybe AFLW, cricket. She yeah. wants them to remain focused on their chosen profession, which is football, of course, and uh, it comes in light of um, one of the players um, that Brush has... Ali Brush. Ali Brush, yeah. yeah. She's moved from uh, Canberra to Western Sydney Wanderers, and she basically will also play for the... AFLW. uh, 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 The Giants. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, you know, I understand fully that that coach, uh, Heather, who's a new coach at that level, uh, makes that stance. I understand 100% why. But, you know... These girls want to be professional athletes, and they want to be paid for that. And they can't do it just playing W League. And some of them can't do it playing W League and going off and playing in the American League mm. in football. They might make one hundred and twenty grand or something doing that, which is okay, right? But it's not going to certainly pay off a house in the time that they're playing football. It's just living expenses, really. Whereas they might play AFLW and W League, and as much as they might miss out on some training sessions for their club... It's their way of making a living at that level. If, And we've seen the Matildas in the last couple of weeks fill stadiums, and they're talking mm. about bringing China out or someone out and filling 
Eddie had, or I think they talked well, about Amy Park in Geelong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And also, the, they, they're talking about actually filling. Uh, Eddie had fifty thousand. Now, if that money's coming into this sport, surely we can start paying these girls, these women, right, a fair income, full time mm. wage, and they're contracted to the FFA. Why not? If they're bringing in money, the argument's always been that we ha- they haven't developed an income source. Well, that's been blown out of the water because they have. So mm. yeah, it's very it's a hard line, but um, obviously the most celebrated is Elise Perry, of course, who played yep. cricket for Australia and played for the Matildas as well. So um, the fact that she was able to do it, I think, I think it's, um, I think it'll keep happening. And Heather's going to take a hard line, of course, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'll keep happening, especially with the number of options that women have. Hey guys, the show's over. That's uh, oh. that's it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, Warren will be back in the chair um, next week as well. So remember, Carlos. <laughs> Where Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. Samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Where there's girls with frill on the head and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.